Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. My parents had to sign a, a form that said that they were basically giving me to my new husband at the age of 16, that I could legally be an adult now. Yeah, she had to get emancipated. It is crazy, but I look back now and I'm like, why did they let us get married? I mean, yeah, we had a baby, but we, I was still only 16. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. So Mickey and Matt are the first couple to appear on Committed who emailed me their story. I want to say that because I want all of you to know that we read those emails. We read them, we're listening, and sometimes we even Skype you back. Like we did for today's episode with Mickey and Matt. For this episode, I need you to remember what it felt like to be in love back in middle school and high school. Back then, I thought I was going to marry my high school boyfriend. I thought we were going to get married and have twin babies named Brenda and Brendan after the Walsh kids on Beverly Hills 90210. I thought we'd be together forever. And I thought we were completely grown-up human beings. That's how Mickey and Matt felt, too. They first met in 2002. That was the year of the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City, the year Michael Jackson dangled his baby off a balcony. Star Wars Episode 2 had just come out, and Mickey's favorite song was What Would You Do by City High. She was so obsessed with it that she called the radio station to request it every single day until finally the DJ told her to just go buy the CD. It was a long, long time ago. (laughs) It was a month before my 14th birthday, and Matt was 15. I was in 8th grade, and he was in 10th grade, and we were in boxing. I was a freshman. No, you weren't. You were a sophomore. Was I? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Mickey was in 8th grade and Matt was in 10th. They only knew each other because they were on the boxing team together. Mickey's dad was the coach. Her dad would always be like, you stay away from my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That didn't work, obviously. No, it didn't work. Her dad used to make her uh, jump rope 
facing the wall because <laughs> because she had pretty large boobs, I guess. <laughs> that was Matt's first impression of Mickey. And here's Mickey's first impression of Matt. I just remember we were standing by this water fountain and he was smiling and just had a big grin on his face and his big blue eyes. And I was like, oh man, that's it. It's sweet. It's high school sweet. Like that episode of My So-Called Life where Angela Chase describes having her crush on Jordan Catalano and how she says that she just likes the way he leans on things. Matt was into Mickey for a lot of reasons. Where I really, really started to like her was uh, we were in at this uh, Indian reservation. They were holding these boxing fights, and she had to fight. She got in the ring. It was like her second fight, and she fought this uh, this girl, and she she did good, but she lost the fight. But it was the dedication and the heart that she put towards the fight that I knew that she was like. Yeah, she's pretty badass. <laughs> you never ever told me that before. That's so sweet. Yeah. I got fight of the night that night. Too. Yeah, she got fight, fight of the night that night. Neither of them can remember who asked who out. They just hooked up. That was it. Then they started dating. That's what happens when you're that age. Yeah, it was just me and her. and Started, started fast. Yeah. Very, very fast. So I was 14 by this time. And we were getting pretty serious. We knew that we were going to probably lose our virginity to each other. I mean, we both had talked about it and wanted to, obviously. And so I told my mom, and so she took me to the doctor and got me on birth control. Mickey went on the pill, but it didn't agree with her. It messed up her hormones. Her emotions were all over the place. She was crying all the time for no reason. So the doctor decided to give her another kind of pill. But in the meantime... We got pregnant. We didn't do anything to prevent it, though. We were so young, we were like, oh, we're not going to get pregnant. That's basically how it went. I mean, we literally had sex for... A month. Yeah, maybe a month. We lost our virginity at the end of the school year. And we found out that I was pregnant... In August. So this is the summer before you're going into ninth grade. Yeah. Mickey's mom and brother and sister were with them when they took the pregnancy test. We all just started bawling our eyes out. We were all just crying so hard. Like, what the heck did we just get ourselves into? Mickey's mom wanted to be the one to tell her dad. She told Matt and Mickey to make themselves scarce that night. But Mickey's dad, he already knew. Mickey's older brother had told him. Here he is. He come out of the back room where the girls all were. and He goes, hey, dad. He goes, I hope you're ready to be a grandpa. He goes, they're doing a pregnancy test in there. And it came up positive. Here's Mickey again. So when we came back the next day, she's like, I told your dad. And he's obviously very upset. And he loves you, but he doesn't want to talk about it. Like, he'll talk to you. He just doesn't want to talk about you being pregnant. So we didn't talk about it until I started to show. Mickey's dad was upset. He was upset because he'd had Mickey young, and he wanted different things for his daughter. Better things. Uh, Just because I wanted her to do, you know, go to college and stuff like that. 
So that part of it, it, it was kind of tough. I told my parents the next day after we found out she was pregnant behind McDonald's. <laughs> we were sitting outside McDonald's and I told them, uh, Mickey's pregnant. So it was just awkward for a little bit. Did you guys ever think about adoption? My aunt pushed us a few times, you know, you guys should just give the baby up for adoption because she had given her baby up for adoption when she was 18. But for us, we really loved each other and we both had really good parents that we were both really close with and we never like seriously considered it. I think we always knew that we wanted to keep him. Mickey and Matt sent me a picture of the two of them from back then. And I'm just going to say it. They look like babies holding a baby. They were still kids, and like any kids in a young relationship, they split up and got back together again and split up and got back together again. Week on, week off. She had moved out of the apartment that we were living in, so I was living in that apartment by myself for a couple months during high school. And I was partying, you know, like a high school kid would thinking, hey, I got my own place, let's have a party at my house, you know? That was a little chaotic. It was really hard. I had camera in my freshman year of high school. So, you know, we had a baby and we were both working. It was chaotic. If it wasn't yeah. for both set of parents, my parents and her parents, yeah. we wouldn't have been able to do it. No way. Uh, they supported us 100%, and yeah. no matter the situation. Uh, my mom, like during the days, my mom at the time owned a little coffee shop and she would bring Cameron there while we were in school. While we were in school, so we didn't have to pay for daycare. And what did the other kids at school think? We had mixed reviews. Teachers were really helpful towards me. Like my buddies were like, "You dumbass." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me, I think it was a lot different because I'm the one that had like the growing belly, and it was so obvious. And I had a lot of really, really mean people that would say things to me and give me really dirty looks, not just in high school, but everywhere I went. Like I'd go to the grocery store and the person that was at the checkout, they they couldn't hide how disgusted they were that I was so young and so pregnant. After high school, we moved back in with our parents. I was still in high school at this point, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just graduated, and I was still sophomore or junior. We didn't get married until I was 18, and uh, she was, you were 16 or 17? 16, yeah. 16. Matt had no idea what he wanted to do when he graduated. All his friends were joining the military, so he went to go see a recruiter. The recruiter told him that Mickey and Cameron couldn't come along with him to the base or get his health insurance unless the two of them were married. So I get back from the recruiter's office and I say, I can't join the military unless we get married. <laughs> so we planned it in like a week and we drove to Idaho because you can get a marriage license same day. And uh, we got married at her grandma's house in Idaho. Now, you can't get married in most states in this country unless you're 18 years old. Mickey's parents literally had to sign her over to Matt so that she could be his wife. She had to get emancipated. Yeah, like my parents had to sign a form that said that they were basically giving me to my new husband at the age of 16 and that that I could legally be an adult now. It is crazy, but I look back now and I'm like, 
why do they let us get married? I mean, yeah, we had a baby, but I was still only 16. Like, they are crazy. Their wedding was super small. 20 people max. We were going to get married outside, but it poured down rain, like the hardest rain that I can ever remember. We were so nervous. I was, were you? Yeah, I was nervous. Yeah. I was really nervous. I was super nervous. Why were you nervous? Because I was 16. (laughs) At that age, forever is such a long time. And we weren't getting married because we wanted to be together. I mean, we wanted to be together forever, but we weren't getting married because he had like done this big romantic proposal and we were planning this big wedding and, you know, we were getting married out of necessity. And so I think that made it a little bit harder too, nerve wise for me at least. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys go on a honeymoon? No. I mean, we went to, we stayed in a hotel. Yeah. We couldn't even buy beer because I was 16 and he was 18. And um, so my brother, my older brother at the time lived in Spokane. And so his roommate was 21 and he bought us some, some beer so we could have some beer on our honeymoon, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, on our wedding night. Yeah. What kind of beer was it? Gross beer. Did the two of you feel more grown up after the wedding? We got married and we had an 18-month-old kid, so we've been adulting for a while. We thought we were adults. I look back now and, like, some of the decisions we made, like... We were so stupid. What the heck were we thinking? Yeah. What were some of those decisions? Getting married. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Not getting married. After getting married when she was 16 and he was 18, Mickey and Matt needed to try to figure out how to live as grown-ups really fast. Even though they got married so that Matt could join the military, he ultimately decided not to enlist. I was just really trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life as far as career and trying to provide for Mickey and Cameron at the time. We were taking Cameron to this daycare, and uh, the lady's husband owned a body shop. Him and his brother and his dad. Yeah, I stopped to pick up Cameron one day, and he offered me a job as a a car washer, uh, washing cars, taking out trash, you know, just a little grunt guy. And I took the job, and that was kind of, I got really lucky, and I just didn't Mm -hmm. realize it at the time. All three of the owners became my lifelong best friends. They showed me everything I needed to do without having to go to college, you know, so I got a I got a good career now because of the start of this job. He's a he's an auto body painter now. Yeah, I paint cars now in a in a big dealership here. What was it? 06 or 07, we bought a house, our first house. Mhm. In that time like he'd got this better job and we had moved into another apartment and started trying to have another kid when I was like, I think 18. Like we knew we were still really young, but I mean, we'd already had one young, so why not just get them all out of the way? And it took us two years to get pregnant with Kenny, our second child, like actively trying. So Cameron was in kindergarten when, when I had Kenny, so they're five years apart. And we knew that we wanted a third and I got pregnant like six weeks later with our third. So the two younger ones are pretty, pretty close in age. Right after we had Kenny though, was, I felt like was a high in our 
marriage. Yeah, me too. It was like we're moving up in life. We finally got we got these careers. Uh, we had a family. You know, we're just we're buying a house. You yeah, know, we're, like, we're, we're moving on up in the world. And we're looking at... That's when we really felt like adults. Yeah. Like, we're buying this house. And we're looking at our friends that we graduated with or, or went to school with. And they're they're just starting out. Yeah. In life. Like, they they don't know anything. None of them have kids yet. Yeah. No. You know, they're still in second year of college. Or, and we're living like, you know, 35-year-olds. And, yeah, that was a really, really good time in our marriage. We just felt like we were where we were supposed to be. And... We were going to church every Sunday, and after Carter was born, our third, that's when I think things started to kind of really fall apart for us. We're going to take a quick break here. Be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. The 2008 recession hit Mickey and Matt's young family really hard. The company that Matt was working for went out of business, and so he lost his job. You know, he was the provider. And I mean, I worked, but I worked for minimum wage and tips. I couldn't pay the bills by myself. It mentally broke me when losing that job because I I thought I was going to be there forever for a long, long time. Carter was still pretty young and... And I had pretty bad postpartum depression. Just all these little things together that you throw into a marriage that test a marriage and make it harder. Like when you're that young, it's 10 times harder because you just don't know how to navigate it. They stopped going to church and started going out a lot more. By now, they were finally over 21, which meant they could go to a bar legally. And they really wanted to go to the bar. Because we had grandparents that lived in the same town and and we'd be like, hey, you want to watch the kids Friday night so Matt and I can go on a date? And we'd go to the bar. And And it was just bad influence. I mean, like, it's what you're doing at the bar. Yeah. A married couple in that environment that are both so stressed out over other things and so they're mad at each other. And it's just not a good environment. So, yeah, things just started to really get bad in our relationship. We would definitely argue about things and started sleeping on the couch. We did. We hadn't made a mortgage payment because we didn't have any money to, to make a mortgage payment. So we knew we were losing, going to lose the house we had just bought. Yeah, we were like, either we can pay the power and buy food or we can pay the mortgage. So we stopped paying our mortgage and our house went into foreclosure. 
So that obviously was really stressful in our marriage too, you know, like all of these things that we were just saying, like where we felt so great about, we had this great house and these jobs and all this stuff, like all of those things started to, to fall away from us. And it was really hard. Suddenly the roles were reversed. Mickey ended up getting a job at a sports bar where she was working about 12 hours a day. For the first time in their marriage, she was the breadwinner, and that started to chafe both of them a little bit. Maybe it's just because, you know, we live in Montana and just like society where we are, the man is the provider and is supposed to make the money and work and provide for the family and be the head of the household. And men and women have different roles in a marriage and in, in a relationship. And and I felt like he wasn't doing his, his job as a husband. I wasn't. I was lazy. I, I mean, I went from 170 pounds to 230 pounds. And he was really, really depressed at the time, too. I mean, yeah. just... It, was, it wasn't a good time. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, I'm providing for us all anyway. I can do this shit by myself. Like, I don't need him. He's not helping with anything. I just came home one day and I was like, I just, I'm done. The day after Valentine's Day, to be exact. (laughs) After I bought her a dozen roses. (laughs) And I was devastated. Yeah. I remember sitting there at the counter and she telling me, oh man, it broke my heart. Sometimes you just get to that point where you're so resentful about something and you're so just pissed off. and She hated me. <laughs> I, I did. I hated him for not being a husband and a father the way that he was supposed to be. And instead of being a good wife and helping him get through this tough time in his life, I just was like, peace out. I'm, I'm going to just leave you and be on my own. So what happened after that? I cried (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) I cried too. You didn't act like it. Stop. (laughs) So right away, he is like so upset, like, oh, don't leave me. But then like a month later, he's dating this girl and he's like, hey, do you want to move in with me? And moves this chicken with him. Yeah. I mean, just so fast. But, like, we'd never been alone, so I think... It was the comfort of someone being there with me. Now, remember that Mickey and Matt had lost their virginity to each other. They never had a chance to be with anyone else, to sow their wild oats. This was their chance. And they were going to take it. And we both pretty quickly, like, within a month, we were both going crazy. Just... Partying, dating. Yeah, uh, sleeping with other people. Yeah. Doing anything that we wanted to and not having to feel bad about it because we were were getting divorced. They lived in this very small town. And in a small town, everyone knows everybody else's business. Everything she did, I knew what she did. Everything I did, she knew what I did. Like, it was just... It was pretty crazy. And we still had these three kids, you know, that we had to shift back and forth between the two of us. And so we'd have to see each other and we'd have to talk to each other. And the parenting schedule we had was one week I'd have them for four days. She'd have them for three. Then the next week she'd have them for four days and I'd have them for three. So it's 50 50 all the way across. We were living two different lifestyles. Yeah. like Like when we'd have the kids, it would be all about the kids get our full attention and do the whole 
take them to school and make their lunches, all of it. And then as soon as, as soon as they left to go with the other one, we both were just like our time without the kids. We were partying. We were going crazy. We were partying. We were just drinking a lot, smoking a lot of pot. We had only ever dated each other. We now have this freedom to do whatever we want and to act like regular 20-year-olds and, you know, to go on first dates and have first kisses. So, yeah, we definitely were, like, living up our 20s and felt like we just never, we never got that ever until we were divorced. We were just living like old married couple. By the time their divorce was final, they were already dating other people. I didn't know what I was doing. I was bouncing from girl to girl, moving one girl in and then kicking her out, moving another girl in. It was like, I, I think I was trying to fill the void that was missing. Like I could never find the person to re- replace Mickey. It's terrible to say that, but you know, cause all these girls that I did date, they were all nice. Most of them were really nice people. And, and I probably, I, ru- I ruined those girls in a sense, like the things I'd say to them as far as, making them feel special and all this stuff. And it was all, you know, not all of it was a lie, but it was, uh, I kind of played them all. Mm-hmm. They just weren't as good as me. They just weren't as good as you. <laughs> That's right. A lot of the guys I dated, it was just because it was so fun. And, you know, we just had fun together and we'd go fishing and, you know, they'd take me horseback riding or um, hunting. And like Matt doesn't like to hunt. And so I think a lot of the guys that I dated, I looked for, things that were totally opposite of Matt and that the things that I thought that I wasn't getting from him or whatever, you know, and have a boyfriend and I'd get sick of him. And so I'd break up with him and the next week I'd be dating somebody else. How'd your kids take all this? When it came to the kids, we were always on the same page about everything. We would make decisions together We would talk to the kids together. We would go and do things, just the five of us as a family, for the kids, so that the kids had that normalcy still. They both did a lot of growing up. Some of it was good and some of it was not so good, but growing up, good and bad, is something everyone probably needs to go through. And then, after being divorced for three years, when Mickey was 26 and Matt was 28, they both ended up falling in love again with each other. Cliffhanger. We're going to take another quick break here. When we get back, we'll find out how Mickey and Matt ended up together the second time around. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. 
We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Mickey and Matt had been divorced for three years. When Mickey was 26, she went to the doctor and had a biopsy. They basically were like, we need to do a hysterectomy, like, now. And I was 26 at the time. I had cervical cancer. So I was going to have to take six weeks off for work because it's, it's such a huge operation and the recovery time is, you know, really, really hard and very, very painful. And Matt came with the kids about a week after the surgery, came to the house with the kids and he stayed to help take care of me. And he stayed at the house with me so that the kids could see me, you know, cause I couldn't get out of bed. So I couldn't take care of them. It really brought back some memories of things that we were hiding like in our feelings for the last three years. And it was just, it was really emotional. And I think it scared, it scared me for sure. So I kind of, after I left her house, after the, those few days, I kind of pushed away from her again because I was scared of, of, of that feeling. It was really an emotional time for both of us. I mean, it's, it's kind of silly because like we both knew that we were divorced, obviously. Mickey was dating someone else. She was dating Alan, and she loved Alan. This was the first serious relationship she'd had since her and Matt got divorced. Having Matt around was confusing. So she pushed him away, and Matt didn't take it so well. I started partying pretty heavy then. There was a time where uh, I was partying too much. I uh, had the boys at my house, and uh, I had taken a few too many pills with booze and, and smoking a little bit of weed. In that moment, I said, I should call Mickey. So I called Mickey and her sister and say, hey, can you come pick up the kids? I, uh, I don't feel very good. And he told all, me what happened. Yeah. He said, how many, how many of these pills is too many to take with beer? And I was like, are you effing kidding me right now? Yeah. And so Sky and I went over there and, and got the kids. They knew something was wrong with me. They left. They called my parents. Uh, my parents showed up at my house. They found me on the floor. I had OD'd. So they rushed me to the hospital, uh, got some charcoal in my belly. They released me the next day. And that was a real life changer for me. That was, a, that was an eye-opener to what I was doing and, and what I was kind of putting the kids through. And so I quit partying, quit drinking. Uh, I was gambling a lot, too. Uh, I had a gambling problem really bad. Mickey and Matt had both stopped going to church when they started partying so much. After Matt's overdose, he started going again. His grandma was getting older, and she was blind, and she needed someone to drive her to services. So I started picking her up from every, every Sunday morning and taking her to church, just because I knew she wanted to go to church. And I was like, oh, it would be good for me, too. And like about a month of that goes by. Started going Wednesdays, Sundays. Then it hit me, and uh, I broke down one night. I got on my knees, and I prayed for like three hours. And I just said, please, God, help me with Mickey. Show me, show, me, show me what you want me to do. Matt started texting Mickey these scripture passages about marriage from the Bible. He'd also send flowers to her work with really sweet cards. And the card would say, like, this is just because you're such a wonderful mom to our kids. And just really 
like pulling out all the cards. Mickey kept trying with Alan, but Alan wasn't Matt. Our middle child went to go stay with my dad for a week to go hunting and Alan had the day off. So he went to go pick him up for my dad and they come home and Kenny says, mom, did you know that Alan doesn't believe in God? And I was like, what? We hadn't had never talked about the fact that people don't believe in him just because he's so young. Like he just doesn't understand that. And he's being raised you know, going to church every Sunday. And I was just so upset and I just cried. And, you know, I was like, I know that you love my kids and like, you are really, really good to them, but you're not their father. That's not your choice to make. And so it was the next day that we're walking to Carter's uh, parent teacher conference and Mickey's holding my hand. And she said she wants to get back with me. It was just the craziest feeling, and I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted it. I mean, it was just that that fast. Like, I just knew. I think we always loved each other. Yeah, I think so, too, even when we hated each other. Why did you guys decide to get married all over again? Why not just be together? Why did you want to make it official? For one, I think because of our faith. A couple of months after we had gotten back together and, and moved back in together, we both got baptized on the same day. So biblically, we knew that we needed to be married again. And also for the kids, too. Because the boys, when we got back together, especially Cameron, he was pretty skeptical. He was almost a little rebellious because I think he was scared of us splitting up again. But not rebellious in any type of way that you would think of a kid that age because he is such a good kid. Yeah. You could tell he was scared. Yeah. The day that we told the kids that we were getting back together, he cried so hard. Like, it makes me get choked up thinking about it. It's like, this is the best day of my entire life. He was so happy when we got back together. That right there made it worth, you know. They get back together, move back in together, and it was great, but also weird. It was weird because they'd been living apart for three years, and during that time, they'd grown up and become these completely different people. They'd become adults. We had grown and figured out who we were without each other, and so we had to re-get to know each other, even though we'd known each other for what seemed our whole lives. We had to get to know each other again and, like, touching each other and holding hands. I couldn't even have sex with for, like, four months. I was so scared. (laughs) It wasn't uncomfortable, but it was, like, the butterflies all over again and, like, falling in love all all over again. Yeah. It was was amazing. It definitely was. But also, at the same time, we're still living in this little town, Hamilton, where we went to high school and know everybody. They knew everything we were in the last three years we were divorced. Yeah, they and knew everything like, that we did. And they're looking at we us like, with. you guys are crazy if you're trying to get back together. Yeah, we'd go out to dinner and you could just see people whispering to each other like, do you know who that is? And you know what they did. So they left. They packed up the house, packed up the kids and moved right on to Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, we got remarried and her sister married us in our, she, back, in our backyard in Bozeman. Yeah, so we, she we officiated been, the wedding. We had been back together for... Not even a year. Not even a year, probably seven or eight months. Maybe nine months. Yeah. yeah. 
They got married on the same date as their first wedding, October 17th. So that we don't have to have two anniversaries and we don't have to like forget, our, you know, it's an easy day to remember. And it was so small. We just had just our kids. My sister officiated the wedding. Did you guys get an actual honeymoon this time? No. No, we never did. Never. We keep saying we're planning it. <laughs> we're but just, we never will. We'll do it when the kids are all gone and out of the house. Yeah. Now that you are old enough to buy your own beer, did you have decent beer at your wedding? We had really, really good beer this time from the brewery here in town, and we got a couple of growlers, and definitely nothing crazy. I mean, we're not we're not crazy party animals anymore. Like, I have one beer, and I'm like, I'm done. You know, before when Matt and I were divorced, I was drinking, like, whiskey on the rocks. I look back now, and I would never change anything about what happened to us Me as, neither. A, as a kid our divorce, our remarried. Me neither. Because I feel like our marriage is 10 times stronger than anybody's marriage out there. And I don't think anything could divide us. Yeah. For what we've been through and seen each other go through, like we don't even get jealous anymore. We have such a good marriage now. We're so close. You know, we have such great communication and we just know everything about each other. And I can tell by looking at him what he's thinking and what he's feeling and what he needs. And he can do the same for me. I just wouldn't want to be with anybody else. I, I mean, I just, I love him so much. How did the two of you talk to your kids about what happened? About getting divorced and getting back together? And how do you talk to Cameron about sex now that he's the same age that you guys were when you had him? Yeah, we definitely tell Cameron, if you get a girl pregnant, we will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be it. (laughs) We're pretty strict parents, but we, uh, we have a really good relationship with them. We can talk to them. We're super open with them about everything. Cameron, I feel like, is honest with us because, you know, we just have those open lines of communication. And, but he's so much different than we were when we were that age. Yeah. We were crazy, horny teenagers. Cameron's just, like, wants to play video games. And I think from his perspective, he almost grew up with us because we were so young. Right. You know? Right. Like, his childhood was us growing up. We've never been shy about our struggles, and I think he sees that and doesn't want to make the same mistakes as as we did. It was at this point in the interview that I found out Cameron had been listening the whole time. His ear had been pressed against the door. He wanted to interrupt a bunch of times, but he didn't want to seem rude because he's this really good and sweet kid. We're telling all the dirty secrets about you. Not too much, though, right? No, just the right amount. Got it. He's a really good kid now, though. Like, we didn't screw him up too bad when we were that age. You guys were young when you had me, and that must have been hard. And you raised me. You didn't just like, oh, I'm too young. Yeah, here. Give him up for adoption. Or here, take grandma take him. Yeah. 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 So I kind of appreciate that. I think we have a a better connection, too, with him than a lot of parents might with their 15-year-old. Definitely. Because we are so much younger. I'm 30 years old. We're just a lot closer in age. You know, we always make a joke that, uh, you know, when Matt and I are really old and the kids have to put us in a nursing home, Cameron's going to be in the nursing home with us. I'm going to be sitting right next to him. My grandpa, my mom's dad, is always telling me because he had children pretty young. And so did my 
dad's parents. He's always saying, Cameron, you got to stop the cycle. Yeah. Don't have children, all right? Don't have them so young. Don't have them young, at least. Stop with like, you. All right. Do you think your parents seemed happier the second time around? They're so happy together right now. There's probably no way that they could have been more happy the first time. I feel like the divorce just strengthened their marriage. What was your reaction when they got married the second time? Cameron walked me down the aisle the second time. I did walk her down the aisle the second time. It was pretty great. And by aisle, I mean the the uh, patch of grass in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. I walked her down the porch. Yeah. I was more happy the day that I found out that they got back together. I was coming back from my friend's house, and it was my dad's turn to have us. And, like, my mom's car was there, and I was like, Mom shouldn't be here right now because she doesn't have us or another two, three days. And I walk in. She's in her pajamas making breakfast. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, mom is like, Cameron, me and your dad need to tell you something. And instantly I was like, you guys are getting back together. My mom turns to my dad and she's like, did you tell him? And I was so excited that day. I freaked and I cried a lot. I remember that. We all cried. Yeah, it was awesome though. I loved it. you guys know, I didn't end up marrying my high school boyfriend. We didn't have twins named after the greatest teen television drama of all time. I was 35 when I got married. And in some ways my age mattered and in other ways it didn't matter at all. It takes a lot of growing up to make any marriage work, no matter what age you are when you start. Marriage isn't this vertical ladder that we're climbing from rung to rung. It's more like a jungle gym that we're all just scrambling to stay on. Matt and Mickey scrambled, and they figured it out. We all still have a lot of growing up to do. But in the end, I think it's worth it. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Mickey and Matt Kortz. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt and Tyler Klang with mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Mangesh Hatikater, and Will Pearson. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil with special thanks to Mickey's dad, Mick Rodriguez. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404 404- 9961173 You can grab a copy of Joe's new book Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win on Amazon or wherever books are sold Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the House Tough Works family produced in our studios located in Atlanta Georgia Hey guys Joe here This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel The Sicilian Inheritance This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala.
The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.